You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Some scams and some other things that are going on that will be somewhat interesting, I hope, and informative, I really hope. Um, We live in an age where people can sit in their homes on the other side of the planet and defraud you out of your money in a matter of seconds because your information is out there. All you got to do is confirm it, and they can get with you, and they can represent you, and they can also take a lot of money out of your wallet. So uh, I read something today, and it was interesting because it's called the brushing scam, and from what I understand, they originate from China. And what I what I uh, saw and the scenario is kind of like this. It's it, they this company represents other companies that want to sell their products on e-commerce, and so what they do is they will. If you've made purchases, they can somehow acquire your information, and they will send you parcels with cheap trinkets and uh, cheap things like uh, phone chargers or a phone cover or costume jewelry or really, really cheap items. And once you receive the items and once the confirmation is made, they go online as you and they do outstanding reviews of this company's product that they just sent. So essentially, you're not being scammed out of your money. You're just being used as a pawn for this for this product. So because of the uh, uh, the fact that you can mail from China so cheaply um, that what they do is they will acquire with these companies, they'll contract with them, and then they'll start sending items to you. A lot of people in this area of uh, North Atlanta have been getting these, and some they get them, there are cheap things in them, but others, there's actually nothing in the parcel. But once you receive delivery, um, then they go online as you. And, of course, there's no label and there's no return address. And so this is something that I was surprised to see probably 30 or 40 people commenting on that they had uh, received these things. Then you're not out any money, and um, so you're not, you know, essentially the victim as far as is the brushing scam, but apparently it's picked up. And because they can cross international borders, and even though, and oddly enough, it, the brushing is illegal in China, here it's probably uh, false advertising or maybe uh, mail fraud. But because they cross these international areas, and it's like the Wild West. So look for that kind of stuff to happen more. And, um, you know, if you recognize it, you know, just to throw this stuff in the trash. Because from what I understood, uh, all the stuff you get is junk anyway. So um, if you're getting that, how about giving a holler and let us see what you may have gotten, maybe a hair tie or a cheap phone charger. So who knows? But, uh, you know, I think in the near future you're going to start seeing more and more of this kind of stuff. So, you know, you might as well bone up on it and, um, and learn a little bit about it. So today I was going to talk a little bit, and it kind of crosses borders or crosses the the topics of of, uh, whether or not it's scams and whether or not we're talking about seniors that are being scammed or whether or not we're talking about crime in general. One of the things that I've done over the years is I've developed 
a theory, I guess, that there is an accountability factor for the victim. So uh, having spent all my career, just about all my career in north part of Atlanta, um, I've worked with a lot of upscale communities. I've worked with a lot of upscale people. I've worked with a lot of people that have uh, been up here for a long time, some that have not. And if you remember back in the 80s, there was a dot-com explosion of people that created these companies turned around and sold them and made a tremendous amount of money, millions and millions of dollars. And, uh, you know, a lot of them were very young people. It was quick money, and they kind of developed this this arrogant attitude. And so I called them Tencent millionaires. And the reason I called them Tencent millionaires is they, they had the money, but they acted like they had 10 cents worth of class. And so uh, as that developed over the years and evolved, I realized that um, there are two things that, that stand out to me about victims up here. It's one, most of our victimization up here is property crime, and most of that has to do with um, just being naive, some laziness, some procrastination, but really not knowing what's going on. Uh, but once people up here in the suburbs, and especially in the area where I've worked, once they get it, they jump on board. But they, it's kind of a re-education process on how a crook will select a victim. And it doesn't matter if you're talking about fraud if it, 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 or you're talking about somebody that's going to steal from your shopping cart at the, at the grocery store. The fact is, if there's a certain amount and a minimal amount of preparation, you can bypass just about all of that. So um, uh, if we talked about crime up here in the northern suburbs of Atlanta, then we're talking about uh, thefts out of cars. We're talking about uh, burglary, residential burglary. We're talking about apartment and house burglaries, which are two different types of burglars. And, of course, uh, fraud and scams. But one of the common denominators is the victim at some point is compliant because they either didn't prepare or uh, there was just, um, just it's just not on the priority list. And so what I wanted to do was talk about why it takes very little to be prepared as a, as a potential victim. So, you know, if I'm a, if I'm a crook, I'm going to select... Uh, my target based on what I call risk and opportunity. Others call that risk and reward, but the fact is it's just taking the path of least resistance. So you take a, um, let's say you take five houses and you're going to case the neighborhood and you look at all five houses and they're going to, you, you want to see which one is going to be attractive for you to break into. So uh, one house has a deadbolt, one house doesn't. So if the house doesn't have a deadbolt, it goes on the A list. A house has an alarm sign uh, versus a house that doesn't have an alarm sign. Um, these little things are taken into account. If I drive down the street, do I see somebody paying attention to me like walkers uh, that are walking in the evening? Do they pay attention to me as I drive past or do they just wave and not pay any attention? And I always thought, you know, you turn around and you glance and see a tag number. Usually you can get three letters and four numbers to where you can remember it. But everything based on uh, crime and criminal activity is based on the opportunity to do it. And so 
um, it's like baseball. And, you know, as we all agree life is like baseball. If you don't agree with it, you're wrong because life is like baseball. Uh, ask a guy that had a 199 average how long his career was. He's going to say it was probably pretty short because those statistics are, are important to him. Ask a guy that hit 300. And he's going to tell you he had a longer career. But 300 is you got successful three times out of ten. And all you're trying to do uh, in baseball is put that ball into play as much as you can. And what you do as far as being a crime victim is make yourself unattractive to a potential uh, a burglar or a potential scammer or anybody that's wanting to commit a crime. To make yourself unattractive and put yourself in that small percentage but you're raising your percentages of not being a victim. Does that make sense, David? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, just like you said, it's very easy to do. It's very easy to um, have an alarm system. And uh, I still like the sign, too, that this house protected by S&W. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and it's just the perception is a reality. And I think that... Um, you know, if you look historically in the North Atlanta, I know the audience for for these webcasts are um, wide and, and and out, but we're we're in north part of Atlanta, and when it developed, it developed so quickly that it was hard to keep up keep up with the services on it, and part of that was public safety, and so burglars catch up on that, scammers catch up on it, and they start hitting those areas that are a little behind in their in their enforcement of the law. We eventually caught up. It took years to do it, but if you, it, 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 let me give you an example. Um, my father was approached on uh, his computer uh, from somebody said they were from Microsoft and they wanted to fix his rem- his computer remotely and there was nothing wrong with his computer I mean it was old but it worked right for him and he had his credit card out by the time my mother saw it and she had listened to some information he had not he just naturally believed it and he was going for it and it's like we talk about the uh, uh, grandparent scam which if you think about that um, there are all sorts of clues in there that will tell you that it's bogus uh, from the very beginning. But the you know to know the name you know I'm you know Grandma it's Billy. Well, they got Billy's name probably from Facebook or probably from other social media information. And then once he connected with Grandma with that name, then. You know, she just assumed it was legit. And then all that other information followed. I'm in trouble. I need money. Can you help? Here's a, my lawyer down here in Mexico that's going to help me. Ma'am, send us $1,500, $2,000, whatever. And Billy gets back on and says, I just don't tell mom and dad. And grandparents don't tell mom and dad. And then you find out later that there was nothing really to it. He was in school the whole time. You know, the scam depends on your cooperation and if you can't if you if you're if you're resistant to information and believe in that information off the bat then your chances are very good that you know the guy is going to have to come up with a second level of sales pitch to you so somebody calls you and says that you owe um you know four thousand dollars to irs our agents are coming to get you if you keep asking questions, even if you don't know that they don't do that, 
you know, as we discussed before, even if you if you don't know that, if you keep asking questions, you'll find that the responses to those questions are getting more and more iffy, and they're having to take time to creatively think of some, uh, you know, something to respond to you by. And, you know, it's the same way with the people that come door to door, you know, the guy that wants to clean your gutters. Well, that's nice. The guy wants to clean your gutters for maybe $50, but what happens when he falls off the gutter? Or what happens when he says he fall off the gut, he fell off the gutter, and uh, you know now wants to sue you. So it's not like you shouldn't trust anybody, but like I said, you should have a polite level of skepticism on anything that you are told that doesn't that you didn't already know, or you have to figure out. So it, it, if somebody you know comes up to you and says. Um, you know, I'm going to fix your driveway because your driveway's cracked. Well, maybe cracked, but who are you? And, you know, why are you just approaching me for that? I live in a rural, somewhat rural area, and I get that all the time. The guys up and down the street want to, to know they can fix your gutters. They can fix, you know, the stuff around your house. Um, I got the call last night. We're going to be in your area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, if I see you, I'll wave. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's just, you know, and to me, as a victim or a potential victim, has got to be a mindset that I'm not going to believe everything that I'm told until it's proven to me. And then whether it is, um, you know, whether it's fraud or whether it's uh, some other, you know, f- uh, a person befriending you, and uh, th- and this is one of the worst. Uh, we had a case where the man had... Um, lost his wife a, a year earlier he was in his late 80s and he was uh, and I did mention this one last week too but he was approached by a really young girl who was wanted to help him as a caretaker and went with him at the bank and long story short he drew out 30 something thousand dollars and gave to her and by the time we got it you know she was long gone I think we eventually found her and we eventually prosecuted her but um you know, the guy was lonely, and they prey on that. And, um, you know, it's sad, but it's true. There are no rules. There are no, you know, there's no fairness among crooks. And there's no honor system. And so you prey on small children. You prey on the elderly. And, and don't look for it to end now because technology has gotten to the point where, you know, if I send you an email from an official company, it looks like it looks like the, the company. I can put labels and I can put uh, other things in there so you got to be careful we're going to take a break and uh, we'll be back with Steve Rose scams and crime report right after this whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser you need to tune in to classic cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on americaswebradio.com Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, 
around town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's around town movers. Call them. The disease of addiction is a life altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to America's Web Radio. And we're glad to have, as always, Mr. Steve Rose in talking scams and crime report. And uh, Steve's got some good ones. And if people want to join in and uh, make a comment, they can by going to Facebook Live and... uh, seeing what some of us would see in the post office. Oh, no, that's me, not Steve. I'm sorry. Uh, And we don't have pictures of me on, so we we keep them off the air. But you can make a comment to Steve if you want to, and uh, he'll comment back live if it's a good comment. If not, uh, you might just find out what he's thinking. Anyway, back to scams and crimes. Well, I mean, not to beat a dead horse, but... but, um one of the things that I think become important in any aspect is the accountability of the resident to not be a victim. So um, most of our thefts are out of cars. Okay. The reason the theft occurred because something was in the car to steal. If there was nothing in the car to steal, the theft would not have occurred. That's as, that's as scientific as it gets. The thing that has been tough so far for the last 30 years for me is to get people convinced that taking it out of the car is the one thing you need to do, and that's it. It is about maybe 60 seconds worth of work, and um, and and it needs to be with the realization that even though your car is in the garage and the garage door is closed, that doesn't mean that that item is safe because most of the cars in the garage are unlocked. And, um, and hang, hang on one second. That's you, huh? That's me, yeah. Um, so what's important is, and it, and it happens to all of us, you know, we've had officers with their, with their rifles stolen out of the trunk of their police cars. I mean, it happens to everybody. Uh, the equipment that we have in, in the cars, are, are, the equipment is locked down. But um, in, in in the case of um, um, uh, of, of a rifle or two that were sitting in the, well, this one happened to be in the trunk. They pried the trunk, went in, and found rifles. Um, it's just it's just never underestimate somebody's ability to go out and commit the crime. You know, it, uh, I get it. Let me, let me ask you: Is this a as, as you were talking a minute ago about the opportunity, 
unlike a car theft or, or, or breaking into a house or anything else, uh, I guess the crook is looking at the time. How long is it going to take me to grab that uh, telephone off the car seat? How long is it going to take me to grab that pistol off mm-hmm. the back seat? Yeah. Uh, even though the car is locked and they've got, I don't know what those slider bars that go down in their windows or how they pop them open or anything like that, but they can be in and out in seconds, I suppose. Yeah. And really, but it's the same thing with burglary, but a guy going into the garage, which is a burglary, um, they're going in looking for items in the car. They'll look first. Rarely do they uh, break into a car without looking first. And um, they're going to go in. They may spend a minute, maybe two, if they're feeling brave. Um, we see a lot of video from homes all the time of people going in through their cars at 3 o'clock in the morning. And some of that video is really, really good. That's another thing that, that will make you in that smaller percentage of, of tough victims to, to hit. But uh, it's like a house burglar. He goes in, he may have 10, 15 minutes if he feels brave, maybe a little bit more. Um, apartment burglars are usually door kickers, so they go in, kick the door, go in and grab what they can, and they're in and out in a minute or so. It just depends on the type of crime. I mean, when you and, and the thing that makes it so bad about fraud and scams is that they there's plenty of time to to plan the the fraud. There's plenty of time to decide what your you know your game plan is. So if you're trying to defraud somebody out of money um, by whatever it is, whether it's uh, uh, immigration or IRS or you know grandparent scam, which are the three most common that that we see then you have plenty of time to figure out how you're going to deliver the the conversation, how you're going to do everything. It's not something that you break in and you have to figure it out on the fly because things don't always work out that way. And that's what makes it tough for uh, a victim, a potential victim of fraud. And that's why I say you should be politely skeptical for just about everything that is introduced to you that you're not familiar with. As we're sitting here talking about it, Somebody sitting at another table figuring out a new one. Oh, yeah. and it, Man, you know, Which is amazing to me. I mean, the different ones, the grandparents, how they came up with that, the romance, I can see that. The, I mean, on and on and on of the different ones. And, and we're exposing them. But then again, while we're sitting here exposing them, somebody else is coming up with a new one. Yeah, well, they always will. And it's interesting because in one aspect, as far as I'm concerned, um, it's interesting to pick their brain a little bit and how they do it. And, you know, like I believe I mentioned this last week, I actually talked to one guy that my uh, a relative was being hit up on the uh, IRS scam. And I finally told him, I said, you know, he, he's not going to send you money, and, and I'm talking to you now because um, I know that this is a scam. But I said, before you hang up, I said, why do you do it? And he told me, he says, I make unbelievable amount of money doing this. Now, I don't know how much he spun that up, because I'm sure ego kicked in. But um, the reports that we've seen in the past have shown four, five, six thousand dollars worth of worth of money. I mean, even the old-fashioned pigeon drop, I know that uh, we worked a couple of them where the victim had given away over $50,000, thinking they were going to be part of this found money this tremendous, you know, $3 million found money. And what happens there is greed kicks in. 
I'm going to get something for nothing. Well, they didn't come up with that saying just out of the blue. They came up with it based on experience, you know. People, uh, uh, you need to learn from, from the past. And when you make mistakes, learn from your mistakes. My, my wife told me yesterday that, and, and it turns out she didn't, but she went to uh, the gas station and she uh, put the gas in, started it, went in the store to get a drink, came back out. And she said she thought somebody tapped the, the pump for 20 bucks in their own car while it was pumping hers. And she goes, she said, well, I think I lost 20 bucks, but I learned a lesson. And I go, well, you know, all right, 20 bucks, but uh, as long as you learn the lesson. But I do the same thing. I mean, you know, I, I said last week I'm here with my backpack because I don't want it in my car sitting out in the parking lot. There's nothing against the parking lot, but the chances are better out there than in here. It'll get stolen. But you go to the store, and you tend to think, well, I need to get what I'm going to get, and I'm not going to be in that long, and, um, you know, it's it's not a big deal. And that's where these slider crimes came into play. But, you know, you're right. There'll always be some new scam um, I mean, some of the old school approach to it is the grocery store, and they pick on the elderly, and they pick on the senior citizen community bus that comes in. And when they unload, you know they're all in the store. And these uh, women are shopping, and they've got their purse in the buggy seat, and the purse is open. And then uh, the play on that one is distraction. And then uh, can you help me figure out what's in this you know this this box this recipe box yeah i guess i was just sitting here thinking about one of the biggest problems is that you know i'd never do that i know you'd never do that i know that so-and-so would never do that and our minds just don't work like the criminal minds do and they they see opportunity and potential that you and i or you would but i wouldn't that uh you know, I just don't think about the stuff that a well, criminal thinks of. I think that's my point with 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 being the potential victim is that you you don't you read about it, you know, you read about uh, uh, and God knows you you turn on the six o'clock news and all it is is doom and gloom, you know, all it is is murder, death, grief, and sorrow, but it's happening to someone else, and so you don't relate to it, you know, you don't relate to it at all. But, uh, and that kind of goes to my point of living in the upscale neighborhoods. The reason people live up here is they don't want crime. You know, they don't want to be that person that's uh, having to worry about locking everything down at night because it's going to get stolen and having bars across your windows and so forth. Uh, the reason people live this far north is because they like the fact that it's secure. And it is. But, you know... Uh, crime follows progress and so when there's 16 new subdivisions uh, popping up in a year's time in uh, in a certain area there'll be some crime that follows it and you can't just say well you know um, we had a burglary and I don't understand why well it's very simple Um, and then you know we talk about victims not being prepared it's not a it's not like you're on a mission it's just you're you just pull up the internet look at some crime stats look at the scenarios and say okay what can i do we're the same way uh hardware it's the deadbolts if you have a a a one inch deadbolt on your main door put a two inch deadbolt in they're not hard to put in or get somebody to do it for you 
you know, window locks won't keep everybody out, but it will keep some of them out. Um, it's just little things that, that convey the perception that um, I'm a little bit prepared for what you're trying to do. You know, the 18, size 18 boots in the front of the house with mud on them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. Uh, and, you know, we, we talked about dogs at one time, and I'll tell you a story about a dog. I did a burglary once, and uh, well, well, we'll come back yeah. to that. We'll come back to that story. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to Scams and Crimes and Everything in Between. You know, I had a whole set of notes ready to go for today that are on my computer that won't start. So I think by way of what I've always talked about, I'll just continue talking about um, what I feel like victims can do and what victims don't do that get them into trouble. Um, You know, it always happens to someone else. I don't know when you had something stolen. The first thing I remember that was stolen from me was a stereo system and I got all upset about it and um, I wanted something done and um, you know nothing was going to get done but um, I remember when I was doing neighborhood watch programs and I had a community meeting we had just started the city and we had a community meeting and uh, it was a, a, a residential community from uh, they were pretty nice houses and one guy in particular had a burglary at his house he lived on a cul-de-sac and so we were trying to put together a neighborhood watch and we were talking about what we can do and this guy goes off and starts railing on me about 
how we had a horrible police department and that uh, nothing had ever happened to his house when the county police were up here, but he had had a burglary and he demanded to have someone posted at his house 24-7, just made an example out of me in front of all these people, and he and his wife defiantly got up and left before I could respond. And uh, it was a burglary. He said the detective never came out. So I confirmed everything because that's kind of what we do. And it turned out, yeah, the detective had tried several times to reach him. The point I'm making is this man threw a temper tantrum in a meeting because he had been burglarized. Uh, The things they took, you know, I don't think he could have secured but he was just unlucky enough to have been selected, and it had nothing to do with the fact that the, the police department was not doing their job because there are so many areas, and, you know, our, our ratio, we have, I think, right at a good number is 140 sworn, and out of that, probably 130 that are actively out riding, and then we have, let's say, 100,000 residents, and so realistically... You know, by the numbers, you're you're just not going to get that saturation that you want. I know patrol uh, areas are are done so that you, you know, you patrol and then you kind of change your schedule around. Don't do it the same way every time. And I remember I used to ride through the same subdivisions four or five times a day. You know, just to just to get the just to get the exposure and just to get the uh, uh, contact with the people, but. It doesn't mean that, you know, I haven't seen a police car in two months. To me, that's a ridiculous statement because, I mean, how often did you stand there at the window looking for the police car? I mean, you can't stay out there the whole time. It's just may may have come by while you weren't there. But, um, you know, whining and making excuses uh, and just lashing out because something happened to you doesn't help. And so by default, I say go back and start looking at what you could have done. And so part of what our community reach was was to go out and hit as many people as we could, as many communities, and say there are four or five things you can do that will make you absolutely unattractive victim. And once they figure it out, they jump on board. Once they figure out things are things can be done simply, they, they're, they're very good about getting involved. Neighborhood Watch programs, I think I carried – half a dozen or a dozen programs over and within two years i had 80 programs up here in, in uh, sandy springs and so it's it's once the information's out there and they get it and they jump on and and they're good about it but it's just it seems to be a lifelong task to try to get people to understand that crooks are not super intelligent people they're they're lazy they're looking for opportunities, and they're good about finding those opportunities, and they're good about deciding, you know, like you and I, uh, if if we're going to commit a crime in our mind, we think about, well, what kind of shame would this bring to my family, you know? But crooks don't think that way, and it's not a matter of dignity and your self-respect and the respect of your family. It's about what can I get now in order to get my immediate gratification, money or whatever it is. And so, you know... If you defrauded a, a an 85-year-old woman out of $10,000, I mean, would you sleep well that night? And people don't, but these guys do. And so all you gotta all you gotta do is remember that these people are out there, and they're. Uh, I mean, the only way to defeat them was with knowledge, 
and knowing that I, you know, I'm not going to let uh, what this person doing because I recognize the symptoms, and I'm just going to say no at the door. You know, door-to-door sales. I have nothing that I want to buy door-to-door except the Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> and you better buy them too because uh, they can uh, be vicious. They can be vicious. Yes. So. But anyway, there's there's an accountability on air, on all of us, um, and if you take a few minutes to prepare yourself to keep from your your laptop or your phone being to, from being stolen out of the car, it's well worth it. So, you know, Steve, I, I want to get one small point across too, and that is, if you have been a victim, don't be embarrassed to call the police. Right. They uh, they can't do anything unless they know about it, and you they may not may or may not be able to help you in your situation, but if you report it and get the information to the right authority, then they may be saving somebody else, yeah. and that's just as important. Well, the communication factor is big, and if you, if it happened to you and you tell me what you did wrong to make it happen, you know I left stuff. It's holiday shopping is an example. You leave you shop, you leave packages in the car while you go to the next store well that's what they're keying on but uh you make a side trip home and say you know when i get two or three packages i go home have lunch come back and you do learn from others and you do learn from um you know departments posting information out there crime prevention information is good but also knowing how mistakes were made that 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 caused crime is good but you know, you've got to be able to get the information out there. There's an audience for it, but you've got to be able to get the information out there to show people that, you know, the the mistakes that were made are something that you can correct and, and you don't have to go through the same, you know, disappointment of having something stolen. Um, and if you do, if you are unfortunate enough that you have had your license stolen, credit cards compromised, or whatever, please report it. Um, It may not be something that results in an arrest, but there are credit reporting agencies that you can freeze your credit on. There's three main ones, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion. And these are uh, companies that if you freeze your credit, essentially nobody can pull your credit report unless you give them permission to do it. So um, it's one of those uh, situations where if you do have it compromised, you should report it. Usually uh, if your creditors are, are asking why, you know, a you know, payment was defrauded or something because you've had credit cards stolen, uh, you need a police report so you can send that case number to them. Uh, the same thing with the IRS. If somebody's used your information and already gotten your refund, then they're going to want a case number. And once they have a case number, then they can provide information to either you or the police. We do follow them up. Sometimes it seems like there's so many of them, but uh, we do follow them up. So, I mean, there's a lot to learn, but there is... Uh, quite a bit of interesting information out there that gives you a kind of a heads up on what to look for whether it's face-to-face crimes or whether it's it's a uh, you know computer related scam that's being perpetrated and or telephone scam that's being yep 
perpetrated. Um, telephone is almost old school now, where they want to uh, some uh, uh, the one ring and you call that number back, and uh, they 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 tag you that way. But I mean, I don't know anybody that has a home phone anymore. I mean, we do. I don't know why. <laughs> but uh, everything is on a cell, and at least with a cell, you can you have you know more options. But I'll probably have oh, ten or twelve voicemails a day on my home phone, and most of them are just they're all sales calls. And you don't you don't need to talk to those people. You don't return them. I don't know why they do it. I mean, I've had somebody call me that uh, is a marketing person, and I used to ask them. I said, Why do you do this? I mean, you've got to be dealing with rejection. Everybody's hanging up on you. Some yell at you, but you know. Out of 100, you get one that works out for you, you've probably made some money, you know. So, you, 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 like I said, politely skeptical is a good is, is a good uh, philosophy. Well, if they, if they get the right older elderly person uh, that's lonesome that day and wants to talk, then they've mm-hmm. probably scored. Yeah, and they have. And, uh, I uh, just like talking to that person because I knew it was wrong. I knew I was going to lose money out of it, but it was so nice to have somebody to talk to. I've had yeah. that tell, told to me. And that's that's what we're doing here is uh, trying to uh, warn people and make them aware of, of for every good guy there must be ten crooks. I don't know how it works out like that, but uh, it yeah. seems like you know, do yourself a favor, and when you have some downtime, go online and start reading about scams. I mean, brushing scam was new. I read that today for the first time, and I went on and I read an interesting article on Forbes where a guy talks about it extensively. He had a lot of information on it and how it works because it's weird because it's you, you, the victim, the person receiving the call, receiving the parcels is, is not really out any money. They're just kind of being used and their name is being used. But, you know, there's all sorts of scams, and then you can actually compare that with local information uh, from uh, the crime analysis units that with various police departments. You can find out all sorts of information. All you got to do is get on there and look around for a couple of minutes, and you'd be surprised what you come up with. And once you know it, you're, you've already put yourself in a small category of people that will recognize it if it happens to you. Um, somebody uh, wanting to do something that uh, defrauds you. And speaking of which, I got approached last Sunday, last Saturday, I guess, by a guy in the parking lot of the Walmart. Now, I was up. We were on the boat. I needed some stuff for that evening. We were going to do a cookout. I said, I'll make a run to Walmart. It's close to the house. So I drive to Walmart, I go in, I've got my stuff, I've got sandals on, and I'm wanting to get back. I don't want to mess around. So I go in, this guy walks up to me, hands me an index card, and it says, I'm deaf, I'm trying to get back to somewhere, can you give me some money? I've seen that over the years, a dozen times, and so I kind of looked at him, and I said, no, you're not, you're not deaf. I said, you're just scamming people out of money. And I guess he hit me because I look older, which is hard to believe because we've got a camera looking right at me. But uh, he went to several people that were older people coming out of Walmart. And it made me angry. And I, I said, you know, why you know, why are you doing this? And he just shrugged his shoulders as if he's not, he doesn't understand. So I kind of put my hand over my mouth. And I think I dropped every four-letter cuss word I could. 
in his direction to see if it would get a rise out of him. And he kept shrugging his shoulders, but you could see in his eyes he could hear every word I was saying. But he ended up going to someone else after he left me, and I drove by him, and I told this lady, I said, don't give him any money. She had her purse out. I said, don't give him any money. That's an old scam, and we should all at least know a little bit about that because it's just um, there's just too much information out there on these guys that are doing this or whatever type of fraud. So as a victim, as a potential victim, do a little bit of research. It'll do you a world of good. I've had them wear the relatively cute, attractive lady comes up and says, my husband and I were so thankful we made it to the pump, but now we don't have any money. We we came up from wherever, and we've got to get to some place, and uh, yeah. we just, just don't have money for gas, but we're... we're very thankful we at least made it to the pump can you can you loan me five bucks loan you think i'm gonna get it back get it back (laughs) what a choice of words lady we've gotten that one on um or the or the have the baby in the car and they we're out of gas we need twenty dollars and um the last one i remember that was really we made an arrest on it was um the guy had distracted the person, and the other person went in their car, I think, while mm. they were trying to give him money. That old child in the car, and it was a man and his wife. You remember, there was a Goodyear store in Roswell Road. It was right in front of the Goodyear store, and we actually had an officer, I think, drove up on it, and he recognized what it was. And so they are able to make an arrest. But, um, I mean, all you have to do is walk away from this stuff. I mean, you don't have to be the guy that, like me, I got mad and wanted to challenge the guy in the parking lot for <laughs> saying he's deaf because I know he's not. But but most of that stuff, you know, you just want to walk away from it. And in phone conversations, you know, some marketing devices gauge how many seconds you remain on a phone when somebody's doing a pitch. So I tell them, just, just hang up. Just hang up. You don't need to say, sorry, I'm not going to be interested in this. Just Just click hang up. Oh, it's it's and you know it, it's going to happen more and more with technology, like I said, and it's going to be something that you're going to have to stay up on. And with that, we're going to take our last break. We'll be back on America's Web Radio with Mr. Steve Rose right after this. This is Daryl Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs. Forty-five years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four. 
patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on America's Web Radio with Steve Rose talking scams and crimes and other things. And, uh, you know, as we talk off the air a lot of times, um, it almost seems like for every one good guy there's ten bad guys coming along or... You know, you wonder where they come up with the uh, these ideas. Now, i got to give credit where credit is due, and that's the fact that, you know, you think, well, that dumb SOB or whatever, he ought to go out and get a job, and he ought to put his education or his high school education to work, and he ought to be working doing something instead of stealing. Well, that is their profession. Yeah. They have... And what they do. a lot of them are very good at it, particularly over the telephone. They really are. And, you know, it's kind of impressive with some of the extent that people go to, to you know, illegal, obviously, but the extent they go to and the thought they put into it. It's clever. It's innovative. And I think, you know, being clever and innovative, people believe it because they just it hits them in that, in that way that it's just believable. Um you, know, you were talking about a well-dressed uh, young lady. Um, that's how pigeon drops would found money scams would initiate was a very professional-looking woman saying she found this bag of money, this bag, this bank bag, this deposit bag, next to the car. And the victim on these, and you, you don't see mon- many of them anymore, were the, the victims, it was always a, a, an older woman. And that was their target because they thought that an older woman would be accepting of what was going on, would believe what was going on, and uh, would be uh, wanting to accommodate the person to try to help them out. And that's why that that that's why that target was there. And you know, and sometimes they worked, sometimes they didn't. But there was uh, I used to say this, and I, I you know I'm surprised I didn't get in any trouble. You know, if if you don't know what I'm talking about, look up found money scams or pigeon drop online because it gives you the various scenarios. But the fact is, it's a found money scam, and then at some point, everybody puts in money, earnest money or money for future taxes or whatever, and the whole goal is to defraud the woman out of out of the money. And like I said, at one point, I know a lady that lost forty eight thousand dollars in this scam. So anyway, I said, so here's the here's the tip. If somebody comes up to you, shows you a bag of money, and there's money in it, flash money in it. You know, there may be uh, 200s on each side and a bunch of ones on, in between them or barrel bonds or some sort of, like, winning lottery tickets, you know, things that absolutely don't exist. Um, and they said, hey, is this yours? I found this bag of money. I used to tell people, now that you recognize what it is, it's the beginning of a found money scam, just say yes and take the bag, shut the door, and drive off. 
<laughs> I said, I doubt they're going to call the police. That's probably not the best advice to give somebody, but it would be satisfying to know that somebody actually did that. But, you know, I mean, I mean, we can, we can wrap up every episode with the same thing, is that knowledge is power with, uh, you know, w- with crime, because crime is automatically going to change. It's going to continue to be dynamic, to go in different directions, and what's new and innovative is going is to be uh, unleashed, and a lot of it's going to be on your computer, um, very, very, compared to the old days, very few face-to-face fraud encounters occur now it's too easy to do it the other way and they're out there and they're looking for you and that's i mean they they are Uh, and you you talked about you know why don't you get a job and do something it's the same thing as the kid that's dealing weed you know why should he make 750 an hour when he can make 500 bucks a day yeah that's their that's their thought process and so if I don't have any self if I don't have any guilty conscience about um you know taking a few thousand dollars out of your retirement then there's not much there to stop me other than the fact of getting caught and um and it's you know it's just the way people think. And we, we make the mistake of assuming that people think like we do, but they don't. That's the biggest problem. Yeah, they don't. And 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 so if you know that and deal with them in that manner, you're a little bit smarter than you were before, and, and it works for you. It's, it's really – and there's a lot to it. There are a lot of things in between that, you know, we haven't talked about that uh, really make you realize that all i got to do – is a few little things, and it presents a whole new perception to people. Um, uh, it's a shame, and it's not only age, but it, it can be your attitude of, I've got a situation where <laughs> it's gotten me in a lot of trouble, uh, but I kept telling this lady, you got to be aware of what's going on around you. You have to be. Take a look at it before you pull in the parking place. See who's standing there that shouldn't be standing there, maybe. Or are they just standing there leaning up against a car? What, you know, why is somebody in your parking lot? Or they're sitting in the car next to you, which is a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. And it's just on and on and on. And it's a matter of, you know, being alert. I've, I've done exactly what you just said. I've pulled into a parking place and seen a couple of guys sitting there. And I've backed up and gone and parked someplace else, mm-hmm. uh, just because and, and I didn't want to. I didn't want a confrontation, yeah. and and they got a witness, and you don't if you're by yourself. Yeah, uh, well, we teach that for uh, women's uh, defense tactics of, you know, if you're if you're shopping and you're not with someone else, then take a look at that parking lot. Uh, we teach it in robbery because a lot of uh, pedestrian robberies occur. Uh, in apartment complexes on payday and um, a lot of we were talking about undocumented workers they get paid in cash they don't have bank accounts so on friday when they take the bus home at 10:30 at night they've got a pocket full of money and we know that because that's when we start seeing the pedestrian robberies and a lot of times it's a bait with a female who becomes overly flirtatious with some you know, guy that's just trying to cross the street and get back to his apartment, and next thing you know, you know, two guys come out of the darkness, and there and there's a robbery. That scenario is fair, fairly common because they know the person has cash. But 
And whether you're watching them, you don't know who's been watching you for the last two weeks or three weeks. Yeah. And it's, you know, don't do not do the same thing every time. If you own a business, don't take your deposits home at night. We've had a couple of high-dollar... Oh, wait a second, wait a second. Let's go back to that. Deposits? What are those? <laughs> um we had a, uh, I know we had a, a home invasion on a robbery, and, and home invasion slash robbery. They owned a restaurant, and they would take, they got in the habit of taking their money home at night and going to the bank the next day, and they got they got tattooed for about sixty thousand uh, dollars. I mean, they came in with with guns, masks, and they knew they had the money, and so you know, like you, the first thing you do is look for former employees or somebody with a connection. But it could just be conversation that somebody picked up on and decided, hey, you know, on, on Wednesday nights they come home with their money. Let's go in and rob them. You know, drug dealers get robbed, too. You know, they go in, but drug dealers, you know, they don't report them, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, you know, I guess I can't stress it enough that just a little bit of information goes very, very far when, when it comes to whether or not you're going to be selected a victim or the guy next to you. Well, you you made the point a minute ago, I think, and we've talked about it on the air. (laughs) The amount of information you can get off of Facebook about a person. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. You can get their friends. You can get their family. You Mm -hmm. can get their kids. You can get their grandkids. And that's how a lot of these start. They know your kids' names, and so they drop that name. Um, you know, I called, I was talking to my mother earlier today when she answered the phone, she didn't sound like her. Maybe it was the cell phone or maybe it was something. So I've called before and she didn't recognize my voice. So if I call and say, it's it's me, it's Billy on the grandma scam, then they may take it for face value, although that doesn't really sound like them. They just figure there's a reason for it. Yep, there is a reason for it. Take their money. Yep. Take their money. Yep. And it's, uh, you know, I guess one of the biggest things that I'll remind people of and and continually do, and that is, you know, the IRS and any other real law agency is not going to call you up and say, we take iTunes cards. That just ain't going to happen. From the IRS standpoint, they're going to send you that letter that makes you shake in your shoes. And uh, yeah, they love interest and penalties, so they're not going to take your money in a one yeah. lump sum. Yeah. So, folks, be careful. Yeah. Steve, thank you for another good show, and uh, it's time to bail out of here. All right. Thanks. See you next week. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.